Hey teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, a show where you'll find tips and strategies for growing your music studio. I'm all about automating business tasks, having growth through social media channels, and teaching with only the best online tools. Welcome. Happy Monday. I hope that you have a fun week ahead of you of lessons planned during this beautiful month of April. I hope that if you've been in a cold place that the weather is warming up for you or maybe it's cooling down depending on where you are in the world. I'm in Utah and we have had the most incredible weather these past couple of weeks. We actually have a couple of electric bikes (laughs) for our family and they're outfitted so we can bring all three of our girls on rides with us and there's a bike path called the Murdoch Trail that is not too far from us that we can ride for miles and visit parks and the mountains are just we're right up next to the mountains and it has been so fun and just so refreshing to get to spend hours outside enjoying this amazing weather. I, I think spring is one of my favorite seasons. Today's episode is with my good friend, Tim Topham. Tim is a fellow podcaster, course creator, and he runs an incredible membership site for music teachers. He also recently launched a marketplace for teachers to sell their own music and resources. During my call with Tim, we discussed time management, studio branding, mindset, how to have more growth as a music teacher, and it was just so fun to get to chat with him and really get to learn from his insights around how he's built his studio, but also he works so closely with music teachers and his communities that he has some really, really incredible insight to share with you, so I'm so excited to share this with you. I just wish that I could go hang out with Tim in Australia. (laughs) because that sounds really nice and I hope I get to go to Australia someday. We actually went as a family to Australia three years ago now before the pandemic and it's it's one of my favorite places that I've ever been. The podcast this month is supported by Forte. Forte is an alternative to Zoom and it's used by music conservatories around the world and it's 100% free, which is reason alone to check it out, I think. (laughs) I know you've likely tested out many calling platforms over the last couple of years and it can be really hard to know which one to use for your students. My suggestion would be to use the one that's easiest and the one that has the best audio, as these make these two things make a huge difference in the quality of your lessons. This is why I'd love to recommend you check out Forte. Forte is also the only one that I'm aware of that is completely free. If you'd like to try Forte with one of your students this week, go to ForteLessons.com to create your free account. That's F-O-R-T-E Lessons.com. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into my visit with Tim Topham. Hey, Tim. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Carly. It's so great to hang out with you again. It's been too long. Always too long. I know. And time seems to go by, be going by faster and faster. <laughs> I know. I don't know how that how that is, given I, I would have thought when you're locked inside and you have pandemics going on, everything would just drag. But time is just bang. It's going super fast. We did an interview together two years ago. That was March of 2020, right when I had flown back from Thailand and We were Mm. just learning that all of our teachers needed to go online. And yeah, I was thinking about that interview and how at the time it was kind of, I I remember you asking some questions to me about what do teachers need to know about online teaching? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you were the go-to person because you had already, you'd been doing this for years. Uh, and I'm sure some people uh, still probably don't know that, you you know, you, you started doing this well before the pandemic. It just happened that you already had these great resources and courses that were kind of ready to go at the right time. It's been so interesting to, to watch the evolution and now to know that teachers listening and everywhere online lessons is not this foreign idea. It's something that almost everybody has had a little bit of a little bit of experience with. Mm. And it's changed. I don't know. I'm sure you've seen this with your community as well. It's changed teachers opinions about not just can they teach some online students? That's almost a given now, but it's also about well, what can I do when students are sick or there's a snow day or whatever it is. Yeah. There is, options now for having that con lesson continuity uh, because you've already got all the equipment, you know how to turn on Zoom mm -hmm. or Rock Out Loud or whatever it is that you use and bang, you can go. And so you've got options now where you don't have to have all these makeups and you can keep going, make progress with your students. We know that now. Uh, so I think while it's been a horrible trial and it's been, <laughs> it's been a really hard couple of years and uh, it continues to provide a lot of challenges. There are some uh, positive things that have come out of it. Yes, and I hope today we can touch on some of those things that you've seen through your communities of teachers, as I know you work with so many teachers from around the globe. For those who are listening to this, can you tell us a little bit about, I, I just wanna hear the background to how you got into teaching first because you're an amazing musician but then also educating teachers what was what's kind of your backstory for those that are being introduced to you sure uh well i think it goes back to when i first started learning i, I started at about age eight and had an amazing teacher who was very open to helping me learn what i wanted to learn and teach me about chords and she was uh, she also, she was, she was hard. Like she was a taskmaster, <laughs> and I was doing exams and things like that, but she really pushed me fast and encouraged me though, to look beyond the, the reading and, and, you know, join my school bands and all those kinds of things. And that really stuck with me right through until the point when I did decide to do some teaching. And like many people listening, I'm sure Carly, I kind of fell into it a little bit. Um, I was already a trained teacher. Um, a classroom teacher, and but I hadn't been trained specifically in teaching instrumentally. And um, I was trying to make a living as a music producer for a few years. And I really wow, I, I didn't I know loved that. It. Yeah, yeah. I was doing dance music. So I was a house music producer. Uh, and I was trying to become famous making remixes, which was quite popular at the time. So when is this? This is probably, oh, 2000 and five, six, seven, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, for all all the enjoyment I had in it and I managed to get my some of my music played on radio and in clubs and that was cool, I never really got any money from it. So I had to make some money on the side. So I was a substitute teacher in schools, lots of fun for anyone who's done that job. <laughs> and I was uh, also <laughs> piano teaching. So I'd, I'd ever since I was a child, I'd, I'd continued playing and uh, accompanying friends and playing for people's weddings when they'd ask me and things like that. But I'd never really taught one-on-one -on -one and I was thrown in the deep end with some students that I didn't quite know what I was doing with. And so I turned uh, back to my childhood teacher, her name's Miss Mac, for help. Uh, she'd retired 
and we'd lost contact really for 15 years or something like that. And I got back in touch with her and she was in her retirement village and <laughs> she just took me under her wing and taught me everything that she knew and gave me all her music and annotated scores and uh, would help me with my students. She'd say, bring your student along and I'll give them a master class. And uh, she, she was incredible uh, and such a resource. And it was a bit of a two-way street because it gave her a big boost. She absolutely enjoyed doing it and continues to enjoy seeing what I'm able to help other teachers do now. Um, but what, what started happening was I, I would start teaching. I was teaching um, at this stage. I got a job in a school doing some, some music teaching. And other teachers there would see what I was doing and kind of go, what? what? that's really cool. What? Show me what you're doing. That's like, how do you make your kids do those <laughs> cool blues, blues things and the jazz stuff? And I don't know how to teach a pop song. Can you show me? And, and so I started realizing that a lot of other teachers didn't have some of these out of the box kind of skills that I was given a little bit of by Miss Mac when I was a kid and then really honed over the years as I've continued accompanying and conducting musicals and doing random things like that. And so I thought, well, I better start sharing this stuff. And that's what started the blog. Uh, that was back in 2010. And then uh, the whole teaching teachers just, just grew out of that because I saw there was such a need and mm. want from teachers who were seeing that students these days were different. They were more distracted. They were overscheduled. And so some of the things that they'd been doing for 10, 20 or more years weren't connecting anymore and they were losing students and finding it just hard. So I, I wanted to share as much as I could. And that was really what got me into the videos and the courses and then the membership eventually. Wow. I mean, part of me is like, it's, it's, it's so neat to see the evolution, but also I'm just, I'm thinking about how much work went was goes into all of it right like i mean you had to learn yourself and then to move into really training teachers is not just something that just happens it really comes from yes recognizing the need but also learning how to teach so the question that popped into my mind was because i feel like we're similar in that we love creating and we love making something that is hard easy and mm. something that is foreign, accessible and mm. uh, uh, applicable even, you know, to teachers that feel like they could never teach jazz or they could never run a multi-teacher studio or they could never teach group classes online. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm. And you have found ways to simplify that process. So the question is a unique one and it is, how do you manage your time? Like, do you have some <laughs> time management tips because that is actually the, we just did a discussion in my community last week about what are some of the biggest challenges currently for you. And I think 18 teachers said time management, number one. Great question. <laughs> and um, right back at you, by the way, Carly, you are such a great simplifier of, of things as well. I can see, yeah, we, we, we have lots of similarities in that regard and your ability to just step people through things, I think is... Uh, it's a great skill. The the time management, yeah, I, I've been asked it a fair bit actually because it it does uh, it does seem almost impossible to do lots of things and and have success with it. But I, so I've got a few thoughts on it. Um, one is, and, and I want to say up front, yes, I've got kids. Uh, no, I don't work after about 
5 p.m. because I have to start looking after kids and what they're doing and making dinners and things like that. And I don't work much on the weekends, if at all. Um, so that's just up front. And I don't sort of get up at 3 a.m. either to, to start working. Uh, what, I, what I do tend to do is I'm very focused on achieving things in blocks. So rather than just have, I do have a big task list of all the things that I want to get done, as we all do. But rather than just go through that, I try and prioritize each week what really has to happen, what do I, what must I do, and then block time in your schedule. You might do the same thing, Carly, where you just say, okay, the next two hours is this podcast. I've got to record it and edit it or whatever it is, and I have to finish it at the end of that, and then I can go and have my coffee or whatever the little bonus is at the end of it. Rather than saying, okay, well, this week I've got to do these 30 things, and all right, let's get started because <laughs> there's that great saying, isn't there, that work fills work what is it work expands to fill the time available so give yourself a time a limited amount of time and focus on it it's a little bit like practice i'll i'll tend to allocate an hour or so if i can to practice and that's it that's my practice time i try not to let things stop it and when it's when it's an hour's up that's my finish time um, and, and I know a lot of musicians will understand that because that's kind of how we were brought up. You will practice for a certain amount of time. Whether that's good or bad, let's not argue that right now. But use that same process in getting tasks done and it may help streamline some of those things. The, the second thing, and I know you're big on this, Carly, is automation and software. For any teachers listening that are still doing administrative tasks, like rebooking lessons that have to be changed, like sending out invoices, like following up unpaid things. Please stop, please. <laughs> you, you needn't waste this time doing this. One of the reasons that I can get a lot done is I have a lot of software that does things automatically. So if I see that I'm repeating something anytime, any more than about once or twice, Carly, I'll work out, is there a piece of software that can do this for me so i don't have to do it anymore um, and if there's not software then the next step and i know not everyone's in a position to do this but sometimes having an administrative assistant someone who can do a few hours for you each week on things that you shouldn't be really spending your time on and someone else could do even remotely then could you look at hiring an assistant a virtual assistant a va uh, or someone locally, or a student who's finished, uh, who's uh, university age, or or even a, a late teenager who's very responsible, could they come in and help you in your studio for an hour a week after school or something and do some of that administrative task work that just takes you away from doing other things? I think just to summarize that whole discussion, Carly, one of the things I've learned over time is that our time is incredibly finite and you will have the most success if you focus, you learn to focus on what you should be doing. What what moves the needle the most for you this week? Ask yourself that. And if it's not invoicing people or chasing up this or categorizing your music or whatever that is, and it is instead uh, setting up a marketing plan or finally doing your Google My Business or getting your website mm. updated, then go and work on that stuff and see what alternatives you have for either other people or software to do some of the other stuff. You've got to give yourself the time to do the things that have most power in your business. So great. Thank you so much. I know I just sprung that on you. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. It's a great question. But, oh, you know, it's so good. I, I, I think about when I try to explain this to teachers, what's the quickest way to your destination? Like, can we shortcut? What can we short? How can we shortcut our progress and just get there? How can we get you those 40 students next week instead of next year? And mm. there, when you start thinking along those lines, you, you actually can come up with lots of great solutions without working too hard when you're thinking of that shortcut. And you mentioned, you know, cutting out the fluff or the things we don't need to do. That's so huge. Teachers that spend way too much time on like a blog. It's like, why are you writing blog posts? I don't think that that's helping you get students. It's fun. Maybe you like writing or they're spending, I don't know, time categorizing music or maybe it's looking for new music or, and, and they're going, why am I not getting any new, new students when they're putting, you know, eight hours a week into this one thing than when they could put that somewhere else. Mm. Well, can I put it back on you, Carly? Yeah. You are incredibly efficient <laughs> as well. You've got three young children. You've got a family. You've got an online membership. You teach as well. How? What, what's, what's one tip that you use uh, to manage to do all that you do? You know, you actually, the first thing you talked about is very similar to mine. I often will set a timer and I know, and I, oh, two things. I set timers and I get it done before the timer. So I usually set 30 minute timers and I know I'm doing all my social media posts in these 30 minutes. And you actually work differently when you're under pressure like that. You mm. don't get distracted by your phone. You just work more efficiently. And then the second thing is I actually have, I use Notion to organize all of my tasks. It's a great software for organizing everything. Um, it's like the next level of Google Drive. And I have, I don't know, probably 80 tasks a week that are different categories. And I assign them to certain days. So Tuesdays, Mondays I, is all membership and I'm working on posts and mm. engagement. Tuesdays is my podcast day usually. And so I'm doing interviews and I'm scheduling them and working with my assistant. Wednesdays I work on, I don't remember Wednesdays was, maybe it's my marketing <laughs> and partnerships, but I, and I have it all in my calendar so that I just have a little more guidance that way because when you work for yourself, it's so easy to get scattered and, mm. and think about the things you want to do um, or the things you enjoy doing most because it's not like people like you and I enjoy every single piece of the business. We don't. I mean, there, there are pieces of it that we would rather not do or have somebody else do, but for now we have to do them. And that's mm. why I kind of assign them to certain days. So on Fridays, you know, there may be a task I don't love doing, like it's like more customer service emails that I'm like, oh, I need to reply to that person, but I know I'm gonna get to it, so I'm less worried about it. And I- <laughs> See, I'd put that and at I the teach... start of the week and early in the day. <laughs> yeah. That's good, that's good. <laughs> and I teach teachers how to do this too with their studios, we call it just batching, and I have them create a four-week time management checklist. So they assign their batching tasks to a specific week. So on week one, and I have them choose like, a block of time so like Mondays from 12 to 3 p.m. is their block so every Monday they're doing a batch work on, from that time so maybe the first Monday of the month they're planning all of their lessons then they don't have to do any lesson planning the rest of the month so I think if they can and a lot of teachers would ro roll their eyes at me when I told them they could plan all of their lessons in three hours but we've had a few teachers say that's saved my saved my time because I actually work harder to get it planned in those three hours Mm, yeah. The whole discussion about this as well makes me think of the economic term opportunity cost. 
which is every every decision you make around the time that you have is is either a cost or it gives you an opportunity so if you are spending that time doing the thing that you really shouldn't be doing it's costing you somewhere else in not being able to set up your marketing plan or do your lesson preparation or whatever it is so yeah just yeah think about and it's, it's really hard to stay on track sometimes because i know a lot of teachers i speak to they're like oh, i really like being in canva and designing nice recital programs <laughs> and then you say well how long did it take and they're like well i don't know about four hours <laughs> i'm like that's great if you have the time but um otherwise that that batching and blocking i think is really really useful and i i, I like there's one missing piece as well i think we all forget to do not just teachers but I still think it's good to have a couple of hours or a half day, if not every week, then every couple of weeks of blank, a little bit blank time where you can do a bit more of the bigger picture thinking, maybe mm. read a book about work or studios or business or something like that, that just will allow your brain to not be in the weeds for a bit because it's often that time I find that I'll think, Oh, yeah, I really, I could do this other thing or that's a nice idea. And they don't come to you when you're bang, 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 task, 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 task. Allowing yourself that time is so big. I think for you and I as well, it's like we, we have the endless lists of things to create and people to connect with, but being able to say, actually, you know, this, I can't do a call right now, or I can't do this right now. I have this other time that I am connecting with people that maybe inspire me or, um, being able to read a book or listen to a podcast, something that's new. Mm. And that, that made me think about communities and you and I have both been able to be a witness or experience what happens when you get teachers together who help each other problem solve. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, maybe for these last couple of years, what have you seen? How have you seen teachers helping each other or inspire each other as they've been trying to solve these problems in their studios with the pandemic? Or there's lots of problems they help each other solve, but what are some of the values that you've seen in having a community? Uh, it's, it's warms my heart when you see those conversations happening and you build a community to the point where you aren't the, the only answerer of questions. Um, it's the best. I, I, yeah, that's <laughs> right. And, and I know you've, uh, you've, um, you're in the same position. Um, and I was the, you know, right at the start when I built the community, I put up my hand and said, you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm not the best teacher. I know some things. I've got some cool ideas. I'm creative and I like networking. Um, and the community for me, and I guess one of my biggest passions business-wise is networking and bringing people together. And because you can get a lot of cool things done when cool people come together to meet. So um, I think the, the power of the community and the things that I've seen go on uh, I guess it's it's around the practical the practical things. So it's around you know what do you use for this bit of software, or how do you get Rock Out Loud to do this, or what's the best way to teach this particular thing. But even more, there's the bigger picture stuff, and in our forums, it's also great to read about teachers who are 
maybe they're struggling a little bit or maybe they've had a bit of an epiphany about something. Uh, and I remember blogging about one of these conversations where the, one of our teachers had this real realization that uh, what she was doing is just a job and <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to kill you and you don't have to worry about it all the time. And, and, and I know this is a little bit controversial because we're all passionate, we're creative, we're artistic. And so we, we attribute a lot of meaning to the work that we do with students. But this particular member had found that it had just got overwhelming and she needed to distance herself. And it was actually her husband who suggested this, I think. And she started saying to herself, it's, it's a job. It's just a job. <laughs> and this allowed her to get over a, a, a hump in her teaching. But what the other thing did, because she shared this, it, it, it spurned a whole heap of discussion, <laughs> which was fascinating to read. And a lot of teachers going, wow, yeah, you know what? That's actually quite useful. And then others going, well, I don't know if I agree with that. And so you get this beautiful back and forth, um, which you can't really get any any other way than a forum or a group or a community like that you know and the difference i've seen with facebook groups and communities like within a membership are when a teacher buys into something like this i feel like they have way more empathy and uh care for the other teachers in the community and so there's very little like venting just to vent mm. or you know like i see that in some of the facebook groups and it's kind of like oh brother you know <laughs> and 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 teachers giving like some comments back and forth sometimes that are that are kind of rude i've seen Awful, that sometimes yes. even in my teach music online facebook group and i'm going i never see that in our mm. membership forums and i think it's because there's a little more person tied to the comment because they know like I want these people to know me and get to know me and this is like a this is a long-term relationship not just like a no name <laughs> uh, ghosted you know Facebook mm. comment and that's been fun to watch that relationship building without the venting side mm. I think there's another little side note here as well Carly which is and I think it's important for teachers to know this because there is so much free stuff out there. You could, if you wanted to teach online uh, and do it incredibly well, you could eventually find videos and whatever else that could get you there. My question and my thinking though is, how long is it gonna take? And could a curated community like Carly has for teaching online, for example, help you get there faster, number one. But number two, and this comes to what you're saying about communities and forum comments, if you have a little bit of skin in the game, if you are paying a little bit of money for something, you're more likely to engage with it and you'll engage with it differently and you'll get more out of it most likely. And I think that's another important part of why we see in our community forums, which we both have, um, that level of support and community uh, hugging and hand-holding and supporting mm -hmm. uh, is so much stronger and more pure in some ways than it is on the free free groups where people can just jump in and out and say what you want and then it doesn't matter if I leave and all that kind of stuff. And I think with the pandemic over the last couple of years, it feels like it's just grown that camaraderie of like, we're in this together, we figured out. Yeah you know, this new world of studios running online or maybe they're hybrid now. 
And we did that, like we did that. And mm -hmm. our students are better for it. And our versus like two years ago, it kind of felt like, oh no, we're all losing our jobs. And what are we gonna do? The world is ending. And just to watch teachers go from this very, this very sad place of, you know, I am, I am the breadwinner. You know, I am, I am making the income for my family and we're losing these students to now this enthusiasm for continuing their studio business despite what may happen in the world has been also another fun thing to watch in these communities. <laughs> mm, yeah, and it's had its ups and downs, there's no doubt about that. But I think all the teachers that have stuck with it have grown and learned from it even through the troubles. Yes. Well, there are a million things I could ask you. I do want to talk about your marketplace. Um, I haven't been able to visit uh, yeah. with you since you've launched it. So tell us about, first of all, what inspired this marketplace where you teachers can purchase resources through um, and why teachers should be using it because they can actually create and sell resources music through your marketplace. Mm. Well, thanks for um, thanks for mentioning it. So it's called Top Music Marketplace. And the point behind it was that there are so many teachers out there creating cool resources. And you know lots of them, I know lots of them. And I wanted a place where they could all share those things in one spot where people would know where to go, I guess. A little bit like, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that we'll find just about whatever we want on Amazon or whatever it is, where, whichever site that we go to. So I wanted a place to bring people together. And the other challenge for teachers who are creating resources I found was that it's really hard to get seen and known. Creating the resource isn't the hardest part if you wanna try and sell it, it's the marketing side of it. It's getting eyeballs onto it and people in front of it who may be interested in buying it. And that's what we provide teachers over at the marketplace. Um, and we also take away all the tech hassles and all the billing stuff. So much wow. more simple process. <laughs> so yeah, so you don't have to get your WordPress plugins and load up your e-commerce stores and connect with Stripe and PayPal and all that because it's all done for you. Um, so that was the other, the other thing. I wanted to make it as seamless as possible. But I guess uh, it's about the community again. It's about bringing teachers who are creating cool stuff with teachers who love trying new things and uh, exploring new games or lab projects or sheet music or whatever it is into one place where everyone can benefit from it. Uh, so is so this that, like that was a the genesis of it? Is it like a teachers pay teachers, but just for music? Similar idea? Yeah, really similar idea. Yep, exactly. Okay. Uh, so it's predominantly digital products. Uh, we, we do offer some printed ones and physical products as well. So if you are a seller, I could think of, um, I think one of our sellers, e, I think it's Easy Music, um, who does the magnetic whiteboards, for example. Bradley Sowash has his cord, uh, what does he call them? Cord spinners or something, anyway. So uh -huh. yes, we've got some physical products, but mainly digital. And one of our team members, Tara, looks after it and she's just a magician when it comes to finding cool stuff at the right time and emailing people about it. So um, what I would suggest is, is go on, have a look. You can search by whatever you would like to find or you can go and browse through various categories. It's all pretty straightforward. Um, and just, just explore. And there's, there's actually free stuff on there too. So there's downloads that are uh, free. 
so people can explore those too. Um, and I know, Carly, you are a big exponent uh, for teachers of creating resources and selling them online. And um, you're, you're creating a course on that, I think. Have yes, I'm creating a course on it's called course creation for musicians. So mm -hmm. it's teaching musicians how to create digital courses. Fantastic. Okay, so yeah. um, we don't we're not doing courses on the marketplace. Yeah, you're doing like downloads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, if you're looking for that game or that cheap music, so we've got Kevin Olson's on there. Um, James Michael Stevens, we've got Melody, I think Melody Boba can't remember. Anyway, mm -hmm. lots of great composers sharing their works there. So if any any of your audience, um, maybe they're not interested so much in the course creation, but they have other products, mm -hmm. they would learn a ton from your course, I'm sure about marketing and setting things up. But if they um, were interested, then they're welcome to come and join us as a seller. That's so cool. Is there, a, what's the process for someone who wants to come over? I know a teacher who's creating a ukulele book for beginners right now. So if <laughs> cool. she wants to sell this. Yeah, it's so cool. It's yeah. ukulele for like five and six year olds. So it's very specific, which I love and I'm going to mm. buy it. But how would she come over and kind of set that up through your marketplace? Super easy. So just head to topmusicmarketplace.com. And if you scroll to the bottom of the page, there's a link that says become a seller. And um, it's a really quick form to fill out uh, and you're instantly in and you can upload a product and you could really have a product uploaded if you've already got it and got some pictures of it and know what the description will be and how much you want to charge. You could have it uploaded in 30 minutes, no problem. No, that's so great. Well, good. I'm glad we all know about it now. <laughs> well, thank you. thank you for giving it's me the so chance good. to talk about it too. Yes, yes. You know, it's it's been so fun. I've, I started listening to Topcast in 2015. What, what year did you start your podcast? That was the start, February 2015. Really? As, yeah. Uh, Tim I, Topham TV it was back then. Yeah, I don't even remember how I found it, but I can remember finding it. It might have even been the end of, must have been the end because you had it, you had maybe a dozen or two dozen episodes that I had listened to. Mm. And just to watch what you've created evolve. And I remember being on your email list when you launched the membership. And, you know, it's, it's so inspiring to watch this idea become what you've created and the thousands of teachers that you've been able to reach around the globe. And I mean, it only it only reaches, <clears throat> excuse me, it only can reach that many teachers because it's good. Like, you know, you can't, you can't share something or put podcast episodes out that are just not helpful or not genuine or not authentic. And it just doesn't well, go anywhere. Well, you can, anywhere. but you won't get anywhere. Yeah. No, no, you don't. And you, I mean, or if you have like some, I don't know, some not a great, uh, purpose or like reason for doing it, you know, whatever. There are all kinds of things I've seen online. So <laughs> mm. I just think it's so neat to see the expansion and to only hear good things about what you've done. Oh, thank you. From everybody. <laughs> it means a lot. I appreciate it, Carly. And look, I've been watching you and your journey and ascension and the work that you've been doing has been phenomenal you've been you have worked so hard i can't imagine how hard you've worked since uh what really over the last two and a half years i guess in particular yeah. with creating the course and then building the mem i mean building a membership my goodness 
I know how hard that is. It's it is such a, a huge task. And then to start the podcast, I've got to say, I love listening to your podcast because oh, thank you. You it just feels like I'm getting a big warm hug from the most friendly friend when you. I don't know. It's just how you speak. I I, I want to kind of emulate it somehow. It, just in your introductions, it's like. Oh. So nice. I'm just getting to hang out with Carly. It's cool. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. I really want that, you know, I want that to come across. I had a teacher the other day who was so sweet. She's started doing webinars for teachers in China. She's mm. Chinese. She's from mainland China and she's now training mainland Chinese teachers, teaching uh, mostly on how to teach on and how to teach beginner students with method books. And she said, after listening to Carly's podcast and videos, I realize I need to think like I'm singing while I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> talking. There you did it just yeah. then. Yeah. She goes, I, I've, I thought, and I need to smile more. And I thought that she was just so cute. She said, but I rewatched some of my videos and I just thought I looked so serious. <laughs> <laughs> It's, oh look, it's for anyone who's, who's creating online resources or courses and doing video, your initial videos will not be amazing and that's okay. If anyone wants to go back to my first YouTube videos, oh, okay. they're going to see me. I'm not going to delete them. Have you unlisted them or are they there? No, they are there uh, because I want people to know that journey. I mean, we, yeah. we also uh, teach teachers about creating online resources and... That's one of the things. Yeah, perfection is a real killer of productivity, mm -hmm. and you just have to, you have to just good enough is good enough. Get stuff out there, and then you will improve over time. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, B minus work. <laughs> Sorry, B minus work. I, I, I always say, yeah, I always say, B minus work is great. It's better than it's better than not not putting something out there. I or spending a year getting an A plus work out there only to find yeah. potentially that people don't want it or you've missed the opportunity of what you were teaching or whatever. Yeah. Much yes. better to get it out there. It's one of the things, I don't know what you think of TikTok, Carly. Um, do you use it? Do you want it? I don't use it, but I, I am on it. Like I'm aware of, of it. Okay. So if I do want to waste 30 minutes of my time, then I'll jump on TikTok yes. <laughs> rather than YouTube. Um, and it's fascinating. I'm learning all about uh, how cruise ships work, um, how engines get built, like all these fascinating people sharing their work. Like I just, I think it's cool. Um, yeah. Why was I talking about that? Oh, uh, because just to sort of relieve the tension for people about how they have to be perfect and video is has to be, you know, you've got to get all the lighting and the amazing cameras. Just look at TikTok. TikTok has changed what people expect from content creation. And really simple, short, handheld, uh, or, you know, very low quality, well, not low quality, but low effort content can often really make an impact these days. And I'm even seeing that a little bit with YouTube, um, the super high production YouTube. There's lots of people doing it, but I don't necessarily think it's that necessary anymore. Mm. I think it can be a little bit more simple because you really get to know the person. That's what TikTok's all about. You get to know these people. Oh, that's great. That's something that I'm trying to help teachers with is uh, embracing more of their own brand and mm. personality and face. You know, some teachers are so scared to take photos of themselves or to get a new headshot. They have headshots from like 10 years ago and 
the teachers that I've seen that do really, really well, usually they have a beautiful picture of themselves in some good lighting that really shows, hey, this teacher looks friendly. Um, and I want to talk with them more or, you know, same thing with creating a YouTube channel. It does not have to be impressive, but you might need to practice smiling a little bit and having a happy voice so that when a student stumbles upon you, they're not scared of you. They go, oh, that is a teacher that I think I could relate to. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Personality is so, so important. Uh, and one of our evolution members, actually, she's got a TikTok channel, uh, which has, so she's a teacher, music teacher. She teaches ukulele guitar and piano and she just gets on there on tiktok uh, i wish i knew her name I, i'll if you want to put it in the show notes i'm sure i could find it and she just gets on there and she's just so fun she's just a smile on her face and the ukulele in her hands and she's like right this is what i'm doing today and she's she's actually finding it's um it's not a bad marketing uh strategy she's getting students from it uh, particularly great... um adult students as well because uh, there's while the the app is definitely geared towards younger people, there are adults on there who are keen to learn. Uh, and she's even tried uh, advertising through it. And we're waiting for the kind of results. We're doing some That's testing. That's so cool. Mm. I did a podcast episode with, um, I can't, I'm blanking on his name, but he does voice through TikTok. And he has something like 220,000 followers on TikTok. Whoa. And filled his studio just off of voice tips. He just shares these really short voice tips like how to belt and how to sing like Freddie Mer Mercury and how to like how to do these um you know little little nuanced things with voice and mm. he has built an amazing following and he started a membership for voice lessons because of the the interest, the interest. in him That's yeah amazing. Yeah. yeah, so they're, you know, teachers could, they can, and everyone can find what works for them. Um, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to have every, something on every channel. I think it's finding mm. something you feel comfortable with and mm. embracing that versus just like spreading it out really thin. I agree. Yeah. And it's got to suit your personality. If you do yeah. shy away from video, then what other options have you got with writing or audio uh, i think there's there is huge power in video i have to encourage people to do video as much as they can um, yes. and you will get better if you're a little bit nervous don't worry it gets easier it gets better um <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's th there are so many options out there i think you're right though it's better to choose one and i don't want everyone who's listening to this now to drop mm. everything they're doing on instagram <laughs> or whatever they're doing and go over to tiktok again don't do that but if you're interested download it explore it you'll see how it works and yeah, you like me, you might learn how to like make hats or pave roads or whatever it is. There'll be someone on there who's doing it and showing you. Pave roads, Tim Topham's <laughs> second job. No, that wasn't on my list. That wasn't. <laughs> oh, well, this has been so fun. I feel like we might need like a Tim and Carly chat part two because we could oh, just, so there's, there's so many things with um, helping teachers and the courses that we've created that are so fun. I, I do have one more question and I, I would love to hear, you know, given that we haven't talked in like this in a few years, what, how has your perception of online teaching changed and shifted? And what is your kind of vision for the future of online education? I, I think the trend towards online hasn't changed. It's just accelerated. And I think what we've now got is we've got opportunity as teachers to really look at what 
online offerings we can give the world or our students or both uh, that we might not have really thought about before. Um, and so I'm thinking not only about ways to use video or online courses or just online repositories for flipped lessons or uh, lesson assignments and things like that, which you can now do super easily with various apps. Um, I'm loving practice space at the moment. Have you explored that? I'm starting to explore it. A lot of teachers are talking about it. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, and I did, a, I've got a podcast and a YouTube, a YouTube demo if anyone wants to have a look Perfect. at it. Um, but yeah, so you've got that sort of element of online education where you're building resource libraries of, of um, lesson material. Then you've got the option that you're kind of helping teachers with, which is, well, there's now opportunity for teachers to create online resources or courses and provide potential side income to their teaching. And maybe that would give them a few more hours where they could do either they could do some more teaching with it or they could do less or they could teach longer lessons or pick and choose their students a bit more because they've got a little bit more income freedom. So we've got those uh, movements, I think, that are now happening and teachers are uh, being more open towards. And I, I think generally ed, educational learning, there's yeah, there, there, there is competition now from apps. Apps are becoming so clever, um, not only in piano, but with, um, I was interviewing the CEO of Truefire, who owns Truefire, Jamplay, Artistworks. These are all huge online learning companies and organizations and apps. Um, and one of the questions I posed to him was, well, you're speaking to my audience, they're all teachers. Uh, and a lot of them are going to be a bit worried about what the what this will do for their teaching. Uh, are, are you trying to eradicate teachers? I can just go all online. And I'm not <laughs> going to tell you what he says, Carly. People are going to go and have to listen to my podcast. <laughs> but he does answer Good. that question. But I think there's, yeah, there's a huge amount of opportunity from it, um, not only in that sort of hybrid lesson model, which I think a lot of people are moving towards, but with how, how else you could use um, hmm. building a YouTube channel or whatever it is. I do think though, I have to say that uh, for the love of the online learning and I've created courses for years and years and I love learning through courses and online, I still love having a student sit next to me. It's like, it's such a joy, uh, that connection that you have. Um, so I think there'll always be a place for that online, sorry, the in-person as well mm -hmm. as all the stuff that goes on online. Yes. And I, I, so I love that teachers have experienced both now so they, they can do what's best for them is mm. I have teachers that say, I just can't give that up. And it's like, you don't have to, <laughs> like, mm, right. you don't have to give that up, but you do now have the skills and the training and the tech to go online when they're sick. So they don't have to get you sick or, you know, the number of reasons for weather or traffic or whatever it is so that you can still teach and you can still make that income and not have to cancel or schedule makeup lessons. I mean, it solves so many, so many problems, but I love, uh, so I, I think probably, probably half of our members in TMO are, have a hybrid where they're mm. teaching online because they want to teach only online on Fridays or they have students that have moved and they want to keep working with them. So it's been really fun to see them shift into this kind of hybrid 
And then we have some that want to be all online and travel. We have some teachers that one just moved to Brazil because she's wanted to learn Portuguese forever. And she's <laughs> cool. like, I'm doing it. I'm moving to Brazil. <laughs> That's really cool. I saw a, a, a post from, uh, was I don't think it was you, but someone, no, maybe it was one of my members who just took a photo. They were in a hotel and they just had a little keyboard on the desk. They said, I'm just, I'm finally allowed to, it was an Australian teacher, finally allowed to go and see my, uh, whatever it was, grandchild in Perth. And Perth has had borders closed for two years. Um, and then she was in a hotel. She's like, and I can teach on the side a few students while I'm traveling. And I'm like, yes, this is, this is the advantage that technology has given us now. Yes, it's great. Well, thank you so much, Tim. I will link your podcast and the marketplace and all of the things in the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me and um, good luck to all your amazing members as well. And thank you from the teaching community for all the work that you do. You work so hard to create the things that you do and to put out that amazing, warm, smiley vibe in everything you do. <laughs> so thank you as well. Thanks, Tim. A huge thanks again to Tim for joining me on the podcast. You can find all of Tim's amazing resources for music teachers through his website at topmusic.co. And if you haven't tuned into his podcast, Topcast, yet, then I highly suggest it. His podcast is called Topcast. As always, thank you so much for listening, teachers, and I'll see you next week. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast to the 10x level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.